Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good, good afternoon. Good evening, even. I'll tell you where my head is at. Let's pray and we'll get into the word tonight. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for your presence. It's already in this place. And Lord, beyond that, Lord, you have filled our lives with your goodness, Lord. Your word says, Lord Jesus, that we've all received from your fullness grace upon grace, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord, tonight. And God, I just pray as we open up your word, your word would find a place in our hearts. Lord, we want to hear from you. We want the gospel tonight. We want freedom, Lord. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Hallelujah. Freedom is heaven's agenda. Freedom is, is what is the, the word on your lips tonight, Lord God. And so, Lord, thank you. And we just pray that we would hear from you. Use me, Lord, in my humanity, my great need for you tonight. In the name of Jesus, and thank you for everybody in this place, how cherished and loved they are by you. You love them and you desire to meet with them, Lord, to get me out of the way and speak to your people in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Folks, tonight I'd like to talk to you about finding satisfaction in life. And so I've called the message, Finding Satisfaction in Life, open brackets, there is honey in the rock. Amen there's honey in the rock. So tonight I'd like to read from Psalm 81. And as we're turning to Psalm 81, you know, I have to say, uh, I, I really, the Holy Spirit put it on my heart, um, you know, to, to speak tonight to anybody feeling defeated, anybody feeling disappointed, anybody feeling unfulfilled, anybody feeling unsatisfied, anybody feeling discouraged, anybody who's sort of had their expectations dashed, Anybody who's looking at life and saying, man, it didn't work out quite as planned. You know, discouragement is absolutely a silent killer in the church. It is. Disappointment. We harbour disappointments and they go deeper into the heart and it becomes discouragement and despondency and we lose hope right in the pews. We never say it, but we lose hope. But tonight I want to tell you that God has made more than enough of a provision for you. Okay, so let's go. We're going to read Psalm 81 and then I've got four things to say to you tonight. So let's start. This is a Psalm of Asaph. Okay, and it was probably written in northern Israel, interestingly enough. So here we go. I'm going to read all of it. Uh, verse 1. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song, sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet and the new moon at the full moon on our feast day. For it is a statute for Israel a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. I relieved your shoulder from the burden and your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Mirabah. 
Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. O Israel, would you but listen to me? There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe towards him and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. Hallelujah. Folks, life is full of disappointments and I just added you to the list. I saw that quote, couldn't resist tonight. Yes, smile in the house, wonderful. Let's go for it. There's four things I want to say to you tonight. The first thing is this, from the Psalm, from the text, life is a wilderness. Amen. Number two, there's a rock in the wilderness and his name is Jesus Christ and there's honey in the rock. Number three, there's a test in the wilderness. And number four, there's grace in the wilderness. Hallelujah. So we're going to explore these things tonight. And the first thing I want to do is look at verses one through four again. And I want to tell you, um, I want to sort of break it down. So Asaph is talking about singing and making merry to God, um, uh, calling the congregation uh, to a remembrance of something, okay? So when you break it down, what they're actually talking about is the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles. So it talks about the new moon and it talks about um, all, all of that stuff. And when you go into Israel's history, you can see that on the seventh month, okay, which was sort of September in the Jewish calendar, they would celebrate on the first day of the month, the Feast of Trumpets. Then on the 10th day of the month, they would celebrate the Feast of Atonement. And then on the 15th day of the month, they would celebrate Tabernacles, which was the what their uh, uh, remembrance of their wandering through the desert. So it was their annual call for Israel to remember that for 38 to 40 years, they lived in tents, in booths, in the wilderness, and God was with them as a provider. So it was a call to remembrance about wandering in the wilderness. And so what I'm not saying tonight is that we need to remember tabernacles every year. But there is a principle for the people of God, and it is this. You and I need to remember that life is a wilderness, okay? We need to remember that life is a wilderness. And I want to make a point tonight, and it's an important one. Until you remember that, you won't know your environment, so I'm telling you tonight, I believe this is from the Lord, remember that life is a wilderness and, and know your environment, know what to expect from what you were in because avoiding disappointments is about managing expectations. Amen? Have you ever been invited somewhere to eat and so you don't eat and then you get there and there's no food or there isn't enough food and you're disappointed? Or conversely, have you ever been invited somewhere, right? And you don't think that there'll be food, so you eat and then you get there and there's, 
there's loads of great food and you're disappointed. I've been there. A lot of my analogies are about food because I love food. We all love food. Amen. If you know your environment, you know what to expect. And folks, when we talk about wildernesses, we have to understand what they are. A wilderness, in this case in particular, a desert, is a dry place that is inhospitable to life. If you know your environment, you know what to expect from your environment. So God called his people every year. Remember, you're walking through something that is hostile to life. You're not going to find life in the environment you're walking through. You're not going to find it here. And this is the call for us. And I want to ask you tonight, what did you expect? We're walking through a desert, not a garden. Amen? Sometimes we create our own heartbreaks through expectation. Expecting more than we should. Amen? So many are disappointed, discouraged and defeated because they expected more from the wilderness of life. They expected more. More from relationships. More from their children. More from their job. They just expected more. And, you know... Uh, there's a quote here, I'm going to get to it in a second. I find uh, one of the best things I've ever heard, actually, it's a, a little math equation for happiness uh, or for happiness in life. Life is, or happiness is life minus expectation. Do you know? And so where we place our expectation in life matters. And what God wants to remind his people here is remember you're in a wilderness. Remember you're in a desert. C.S. Lewis said this, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. And folks, we have desires that can't be satisfied. We have expectations that can't be met by even the best things in life. We've got desires for joy, for peace, for satisfaction, for fulfillment, for affirmation. And we want to try and find it in even the best things in life. Relationships, people, career paths, ministry, looking to these things for fulfillment. In effect, we're trying to turn bread, sorry, stones into bread. That's actually what we're trying to do. We're trying to take the desert, the stones in the desert, and make them something other than what they are. Do you know everything is dust, really? Job 34, verses 14 to 15, Job says that if God were to remove his breath from mankind, they would return to dust. That means that person you're putting you're hoping for validation. It's just dust with God's breath in it. Isn't it funny? In Isaiah 40, it says that the very earth was formed from dust. It's all really a desert. It's quite literally a desert that we're walking through. And so God is calling each and every one of us, don't make something out of something. Don't try and make something out of something that it isn't. Making bread out of stones. It's a recipe for defeat, trying to find joy and peace and worth in even the good things in life. We must, according to Martin Luther King said this, we must expect finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Amen. It's a wonderful reality. And some of us, unfortunately, have become so disappointed 
and discouraged that we've lost hope a little bit, do you know? And listen, folks, you can't change your reality, but you can change your expectations. You can. You know, the psalmist goes on actually quite frustratingly. He literally says here, when he talks about the tambourine and the timbrel, he's literally suggesting that people danced while they were singing praise. So the psalmist is literally saying, life is a desert and I want you to dance and sing through it. So, I mean, I've just, you know, I've been a negative Nancy. I don't know if you've noticed. Everything's dust. Everything's disappointing. Nothing lasts. And yet the psalmist is saying, you should be singing and dancing through the wilderness of life. And there's a reason. And it's right here in verses, it's through, verses five through seven, because there is a rock in the wilderness and his name is Jesus. And there's honey in the rock. And I want to show you exactly what's going on here. Verses five through seven describes the Exodus. It describes God's story of salvation, freedom from the burden and the basket. Literally, God says, I heard you in your distress and I brought deliverance to you. Remember God's words to Moses in the burning, at the burning bush. I have heard the cries of my people and I've come down to deliver them. God is not unaware of your cries. God is not unaware tonight. You're seen by God. Amen. He sees all and he's the God of salvation, the scriptures say. But it's not that easy to worship in a wilderness or live my life uh, in a state of worship when my life is hostile to life. But look at this. He heard their distress and their deliverance, the call to come up to Sinai, to the secret place. The rock of our salvation, Jesus literally in the text, it says that God came to Egypt to contend for them. And then he brought them out of Egypt and was with them in the wilderness. And so he's the rock of our salvation. Psalm 62 verse Two says, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. You can say amen in the house if you want tonight. 1 Samuel 2, 2. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you. And there is no rock like our God. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 18 verse 31, for who is God beside the Lord and who is the rock except our God? So he's the rock of our salvation. He's the rock of our deliverance. He saw you in Egypt, in the world, lost and without hope. He heard your cries of distress and he came to you where you were and he broke your bonds and he brought you into peace and joy and abundant life because he's a deliverer, hallelujah. He's a deliverer, that's who he is. But folks, tonight you've got to understand he's more than just a deliverer. And I want to show you, look at, what, so look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Because too many of us think that God just saved us and then sent us out into life to make it on our own, to figure it out by ourselves. Yes, I've saved you, but you need to get to the other side. If you have a little bit of faith and a bit of gusto and a bit of discipline, you'll get to the other side of life.
life and I might see you there if you work hard enough, pray long enough, do everything right. That is not the God of the gospel. That is not the God of your salvation. He's not just the rock of salvation. In 1 Corinthians 10.4, listen to what Paul says. All drank, speaking of the Israelites in the wilderness, of the same spiritual drink. They drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. He's not just the rock of your salvation. He rolled into Egypt to save you. He rolled over Egypt to bring you out. And then he followed you into the wilderness, not just to be a rock of salvation, but to be a rock of satisfaction. He's your source, not just of salvation. He's your source. He's your sustainer as well. He does. How many of us walk through life? Yeah, God, you saved me. Hallelujah. But I need to find joy and peace and security somewhere else. That's not the gospel, folks. Oh, you saved me. Hallelujah, Lord. But I need to find my sense of purpose in my children. You know they're going to grow up and move out and not call you? You know that? You know they're perfect until they start talking? Then they start talking back? They're great until their plan for their lives isn't the same as your plan for their lives? Oh no, that's okay, Pat. My all in all is my spouse. Well, one of you, and I don't want to be morose tonight, at some point, one of you will be looking at the other one in a casket. And on that day, You cannot bury your sense of worth and your sense of purpose and your sense of value with your spouse. You can't. You can't. There is nothing in life that will sustain you other than the rock. Nothing else other than Jesus Christ. Other than Jesus Christ. Satisfaction is not found in my surroundings, but in my Savior. And I don't have to look too far because he's following me goodness and mercy all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Something from outside of this world following me every step of the way to satisfy the desires nothing in this world can. Lasting peace, lasting joy, lasting satisfaction. We are moving. I want you to think of of Israel. They were moving toward Canaan that was Christ, yet Christ was journeying with them. They were moving toward promise, yet they had it all already in him. That everything that they looked forward to inheriting in Canaan journeyed with them in the wilderness. And it's the same for you and I. We talk about getting to heaven one day, we're already seated there in heavenly places. We talk about one day rising and inheriting abundant life. We are already in that place now. One day there'll be a general resurrection of the dead, yet the resurrection and the life is in us and journeying with us every step of the way. All of a sudden I feel a song coming up. I'm not going to kill you with my voice. All of a sudden I feel like dancing. All of a sudden, all of a sudden it's not about what I'm in, but it's about who's in me. All of a sudden it's not about where I'm going or where I've been. It's about who rolled over what held me to bring me through. You know, I love it. It's right there in Exodus. God says to Moses, he says, Moses, there is a hand. Pharaoh 
Pharaoh will not let you go unless he's compelled by a mighty hand. So there was two hands in the verse, Pharaoh's hand and the hand of God. And one hand was mightier than the other. One, uh, whatever's holding you, there's another mightier hand that will force him to let it go. And that is the hand that sought to provide in the wilderness, to give in the wilderness. There is a rock that can bear the weight of expectation. There's a rock that will never disappoint you. There is only one being who can satisfy the lasting aching abyss of the human heart, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Oswald Chambers. The only one who can satisfy the human heart is the one who made it. Hallelujah. No human being will ever fully understand you. No living mortal can ever enter the deep recesses of your mind, your heart, and your soul. God himself is the answer to your fulfillment. Only he himself can fill the longing heart. You will never be satisfied without him. I said you will never be satisfied without him. You can have it all. What's it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Or to somehow have all of this and not have Jesus? To somehow have all of this, the emptiness of it, the emptiness of this world without Christ, the emptiness of this world without the one who brought you into this world and in re- with his redeeming love saved you to bring you into eternal abundant life and wants to give you what you're looking for now. Desire only God and your heart will be satisfied. That's Augustine. You know, there's a song we used to sing. We're, we're very contemporary now. But there was a song we used to sing. It, 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 it goes like this. Maybe you know it, and I'm not going to sing it. I feel like I have to put a disclaimer out every time I I talk about singing. I'm not going to sing it. Who can satisfy my soul like you? Who on earth, who on earth could comfort me and love me like you do? Who could ever be more faithful and true? I will trust in you. I will trust in you, my God. There is a fountain. Who is the king? victorious warrior and Lord of everything. My rock, my shelter, my very own blessed Redeemer who sits upon the throne. Oh, hallelujah tonight. Hallelujah. Psalm 107 verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Praise the Lord. There's honey in the rock. Amen. There's honey in the rock tonight. Verse 16, I would satisfy you with honey from the rock. I would like to turn in the book of Judges. You don't need to turn there, but I want to look at the book of Judges. The scriptures talk about Samson killing a lion and posing a riddle to the Philistines. In verse 14 of chapter 14, he says, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something, to, something sweet. And that was the riddle he gave to the Philistines. And in verse 18, they posed a question that I'd like us to answer tonight. In verse 18, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Who is sweeter than honey? Who is stronger than a lion? Jesus Christ is sweeter than honey. And he's stronger than a lion. Folks, there's strength for the defeated. Folks, there's sweetness for those who've become bitter along the way. It is not the heart of God that you would, you, he would save you, only for you to fall under the heel of defeat 
and bitterness along the way. There is nothing but disappointment in the desert, but there's honey in the rock. There's something in Jesus Christ that you won't find anywhere else. The scriptures say, look to the rock from whence you were cut. Amen. Abraham, your father. Hallelujah. We're not from this world. And so God sent something that wasn't of this world to be with us in the wilderness of this world, to be a source for us. Hallelujah. There's life in this place. I don't have to stay defeated. I don't have to stay bitter. I don't have to let the offenses get on top of me. I don't have to let the heartbreak hold me and keep me from what's, what, what's to come. He's with me in the wilderness. He's the rock that can't move. And yet he's the rock that moves with me every day, every step. He can't be moved. He can't change. And yet he moves with me. He walks with me. He's my source. He's my friend. He's my deliverer. He's the sweet, just a word from him and the sweetness that will enter my soul again. And I can walk on and journey on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's a test in the wilderness as well. It's a test. The scriptures say in Psalm 81, but my people did not listen to my voice. They didn't listen. Israel would not submit to me. Isaiah 44 verse 8, God says this. Do not tremble or fear. What a word tonight. Have I not told you and declared it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God but me? Is there any God but me? There is no rock, no other rock. I know not one. What a wonderful word. Can I read that again? Can I read that again? You are my witnesses. Is there any God but me? There is no other rock. I know not one. Some of us need to hear that tonight. But that's the word they couldn't submit to in the wilderness. You'll find it in me. It's in me. It's in me. It's in me. It's in me. And most of us are like the Rolling Stones. We can't get no satisfaction. We're like Bono. Oh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. We're looking everywhere but in the rock. Looking everywhere but in the rock, in the Savior. Looking everywhere for satisfaction. Looking everywhere for value, for affirmation. Looking to everything but him. And Israel failed the test in the wilderness. That's what the scripture, what's really what the psalm is about. They failed the test in the wilderness. There's no other rock. And yet they look to everything else for comfort and for satisfaction to be sustained. How long will you keep looking to these things for life instead of me? How long will you keep looking to these things for life instead of looking to me? I am your rock. I know no other. There is no other. There is no other. That's what God said. Jeremiah, it's right there in Jeremiah. My people have committed two sins. One of which was that they You've forgotten me and that they, they drink from, you've forgotten me the fountain of living water and they drink from cisterns, from broken vessels that can hold no water. They've gone everywhere but to me. And here in the psalm, there's three things actually that the psalmist lays out that will bring honey from the rock. That's actually there. There's three things. They're spiritual disciplines, if you like, and I, I want to just show you what they are. 
first is in verses 1 to 4. And it talks about singing and praise, corporate worship. It's corporate worship. It's community. It's the call to the assembly. It's the call to the house of God. It's the call to be a part of the house. And so many of us are hit with discouragement and we're in the middle section one Sunday and the back row the next Sunday and then we just show up for tea and coffee, the coffee the Sunday after that and then the following Sunday we're watching online. So many of us pull away from the public assembly. And look at verse 11. But my people would not listen to my voice. They would not submit to me. Folks, there's a call to his word as well. There's a call to the word of God. There's a call to the scriptures. There's a call to read the word and glean and draw from the inexhaustible riches of scripture that we don't have to let discouragement and despondency captive catch us and ensnare us. I can come to the house of God. I can read his word. And then look at verse nine. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow to a foreign God. It's so, it's so funny, isn't it? God says there's no rock but I, and yet we go everywhere else for comfort. We go everywhere else for security. We go everywhere else to be numbed. Do you know, so much of what we do is a, is a numbing entertainment. It's a numbing, just, just numb me. Escapism, I just want to run away. Instead of going to the rock, we just get lost in a movie. We get lost in something mindless. We just want to just escape. And these things are there. And God said, because you, you wouldn't come to me. And instead, you pulled away from the assembly. And you didn't go to my word. And you got lost trying to numb yourself turning to comforts and idols that can't give you what I can give you. Israel failed and we all fail. But folks, there's grace in the wilderness. Amen. Amen. And, and this is where I want to end tonight. There is grace in the wilderness. And I have to say, I love this part. I love this part. Hallelujah. There'd be sweetness if we would come and worship in the assembly if we'd heed the call to his word and if we'd put away those numbing comforts. But there's grace in the wilderness. Turn to Exodus 17 with me, please. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 the children of Israel, and it's mentioned in verse 7 of Psalm 81, but this is the instance, it's at Meribah. All the, the children of Israel are, are journeying. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But 
the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why do you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? So they, all, they are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Pay attention to that. The staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand with you before there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Mirabah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord amongst us or not? <laughs> Take the rod of judgment. Take the rod with which I struck the Nile. Take the rod of judgment. And although the people failed the test here, don't strike them. Strike the rock. And I will stand over it. And I will, I will, I will stand over it. My endorsement of it as if it were me, and you strike the rock instead of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The first Adam failed in the wilderness 40 years, testing the Lord, grieving him, and most of them fell in the desert. So God had to send a champion. He had to send somebody else to succeed where we couldn't. He had to send somebody else into the desert to be a champion, to be a rock, to meet his expectations so that, so that he could meet our expectations. Jesus Christ met, Christ met the expectations of the Father in the wilderness. He did not fail. He did not turn stones into bread. He did not bow down and worship and he did not throw himself off something high, although he did give himself his life in a high place. There were no angels to catch him, to hold him up. The only thing that held him up were the nails in his hands. Jesus succeeded in the desert so that there could be a rock to strike on our behalf. Hallelujah. There is grace in the wilderness. And the Bible says in Numbers 20, another generation, the children of the people who grumbled in Exodus 17, again grumbled, looking for water. And Moses came to a rock, came to the rock, and instead of, instead of just speaking to it, he struck it in unbelief, and water still came out. Tonight, folks, I want to say this to you. Even if you've failed to partake, you've not opened the word, you've not been in church, you've not... You're, 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 you've, not, you've turned to everything but him for life. If that's you tonight, speak to the rock that was struck instead of you. Don't strike it again in unbelief. There was a rock that was struck instead of you. Just speak to the rock. Just call to the rock tonight. Just call to the rock. Lord, I've not been what I could have been. I've not done what I should have done. I've not... I've not, I've failed, I've failed, I've been bitter, I've been defeated, I've been disgruntled. 
but I believe that I could just, I don't need to strike you with my unbelief again, Lord. I don't need to, 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 to do that again. I'm just asking for water, for honey, Lord. And I just want to say this tonight, because I believe this is the call here. Speak to the rock so you can sing and dance through, this, through the wilderness of life. Some of us need strength because we've been defeated. Others need sweetness because we've become bitter along the way. And others just need to know where to place their expectations. Hallelujah. I'd like to end by just reading lyrics from a song. It's called Honey in the Rock. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone. Sorry. Manna on the ground. No matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you gone. There's honey in the rock. Purpose in your plan. Power in the blood. Healing in your hand. Started flowing when you said it was done. Everything you did's enough. I keep looking. I keep finding. You keep giving. You keep providing. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep praying. You keep moving. I keep praising. You keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.